This is the Legal Tea with B podcast brought to you by me, Blessing Makosha Park, also known as the Chic Legal Geek. Follow the podcast online at Legal Tea with B and keep hashtag Legal Tea in all of your tweets so that we can read them out in the next episode. Adesi. Yeah, Adesi. Adesola. Yeah. Either one. <laughs> Whatever. Well, it's weird because Adesi is a new one. It's not a name that oh. I grew up with. You well, I grew up with it in my house, but outside oh. everyone called me Adesola. So then... I got to Warwick, and then people found out on my YouTube, and then they started calling me a Desi. Then that's it. That's my life. Yeah. Isn't it? That's cool. And now at work, I'm a Desi. It's weird. So, um, I don't know how I feel. Adjusting to... I remember when I went to this... Uh, when I went to my year nine school, mm. and they all started calling me B. Whoa. <laughs> I was like, I don't recall my name, but I mean, okay. It's okay. Um, but yeah, hi Desi. Hello. Thank you so much for coming onto my podcast. Thank you for having me. And you are the first guest that's in my house. What? It's a nice house. I can't lie. It's Thank a vibe. you. Very vibey. Um, so I thought you could introduce yourself and sort of who you are and what you do, and um, yeah, what you've been up to. Okay. Um. So I'm a Desi, and I am a. Um. I currently work in TV development, which means I come up with ideas for TV shows all day every day so anything that you see that's relating to like factual or just some like game shows or reality shows I do that but on the side I also create my own content so I made a series called the navigate series which is all about navigating adulthood and I'm also going to writing scripted stuff so yeah and presenting sorry I'm I'm, I'm just I'm just saying everything I present (laughs) haha that's amazing and so where can people find you and what handles you know do you tweet and post under and so on um so you can find me on youtube I haven't really posted on there in a while but it's adesi you can see an archive of all the work I've done and on instagram and on twitter adi adesi at adi adesi and um you can follow the navigate series on instagram at navigate series so, yeah. And your website as well. Oh, yeah, I have a website. Okay. I love your website. Really? So. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, my website is adesi.co.uk. It literally is like a portfolio of everything I do. Yeah. Yeah, I can confirm the Navigate series is absolutely wonderful. Thank you. I loved it. And it's it's that kind of content that it's really wholesome. It's clear that it's coming from a good place. And it, visually, I think it's exceptional. I think it's excellent. So, and this is my personal recommendation. I want everybody to check it out if you are, especially if you're at that sort of stage where you're just about to leave university or you've left university. Um, and I really like the fact that you discuss the live when you were going back to live at home. Because <laughs> I remember when it came out, I was in my mom's house and Mate. I was like, please deliver me. <laughs> it's, the, it's, the, it's the reality that no one thinks about until it happens. And they're like, wow. You go from three years to do whatever you want. And now you've been humbled. Humbled. Seriously exactly. humbled. Yes. Um, so the Navigate series and you, not just that, but the fact that we're both in a similar stage of mm. being you know, young graduates who are out in this here world. It's cold, <laughs> cold world. world. Uh, trying to make it happen. Um, but mainly I wanted to ask you here because we want to talk about adulting because obviously there are a lot of things, legal obligations and important things that we have to know when we sort of navigate this world. And ignorance isn't a, def- a defense. So <laughs> not being aware of what was required of you isn't going to be sufficient 
why do people say this this is my thing like everyone's saying not being aware is is your fault but no one told me so how am i meant to know well no one teaches us unfortunately that's one of the one of the worst things is that we aren't actually taught this stuff we're not told um and you sort of have to figure it out for yourself but good news is this episode is going to be all about that so um that's what we're going to talk about so the definition of adulting is the practice of behaving in a way characteristic of a responsible adult especially the accomplishment of mundane but necessary tasks wow um I think that kind of summarizes it though. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it seem very formal. It makes it seem formal, but it's the it's the fact that they're quite boring, a lot of the things that you need to do and be aware of. And there's a tweet that I found um, really funny and it says, 25 is a weird age. I feel like an infant with a full-time job, a toddler that sits in an office all day, a newborn with a tax code, Love. a fetus with a help to buy ISA, an unfertilized egg paying tax, <laughs> a sperm with a smear test appointment, a pregnancy test with a pay slip. <laughs> you get me. <laughs> I, I, I get you. I actually get you. And I thought that was quite funny. And um, that tweet was by at Eve Lily Young on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I thought that kind of encapsulated it because I felt really overwhelmed when I got my, you know, my own apartment. I mean, I was playing New Apartment by Ari Lennox loads and loads. Because I was like, I just got a new apartment. And then it's like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, now i got to pay counter-tax. <laughs> I get you. Um, and I was just wondering, from when you were sort of collating together what you wanted to put into Navigate um, for the series, and when you were speaking to other people... Do you think that that's quite a common thing that people find overwhelming about stepping into the real world is all of the new responsibilities you have? Yeah, I think it's a lot of... I think the common issue is the fact that you're not aware of the responsibilities before they happen. So it's like everyone graduates and they're thinking about their graduation glow. Like the look, you planned your outfit, you planned everything. <laughs> Even me, like when I was in third year, the consistent thing I used to always say is, oh, my graduation aesthetic, don't worry. Like when I'm a grad, don't worry, don't look at me. Mm. And then I graduate and then it's like a slap in the face. <laughs> it really is. The world is cold. <laughs> it's so cold. And I think it's the unexpected things. Even like moving out of home and then knowing that you have to pay council tax or knowing that you have to pay for bills consistently and you like not everyone has flatmates to split those bills with or knowing that tv license is coming for you right and bbc iplayer doesn't actually count like because tv <laughs> all, stuff, all these little things that mum and dad didn't really tell you and then you're facing it in the real world it's scary it and is scary yeah as much as you have independence you also realize how ill-equipped you are and how um how daunting the process is because no one talks about how scared they are everyone makes mm. out like they know everything on instagram you'll see everyone posting oh i got my new apartment be playing mm. ari lennox in the background mm. be gas in reality the bills are coming and you're screwed you're crying right so i remember when i first moved to london i sat down and i made this um spreadsheet and i put in all of my income and my outgoings and i was like oh. so what's remaining for fun for you know it's like, oh, fun is a privilege. Wait. It's, it's, oh, okay. 
<laughs> fun is definitely a privilege but you wouldn't think that based on how people live mm. or how you think people live how you think this social media as well is very deceptive deception at the, its core like pure deception and i think even the concept of um just not just you think your perception of what it's going to be like versus what it actually is expectations versus reality what on your instagram on the navigate instagram Mm. i think there's a really funny post that was like expectations and reality (laughs) of adulting and it's like what (laughs) no one no one no one preps they don't tell you they don't tell you they don't at all um and you know i think it'll be helpful if we just do this running over some of the things that you need to be aware of when you're adulting. So the first thing is pay slips. Um, so securing the bag. I think we talk about securing the bag all the time, but let's actually discuss what the bag is. Let's discuss, let's discuss, let's discuss the bag. Amen. So there's different things. So there's, first of all, there's if you're paid through employed income, you're going to be receiving a pay slip. Yeah. Um, so one concept I think people should get comfortable with is the idea of a tax year. Mm. So the tax year runs from April to April and there's 52 weeks in the tax year. And so each time you get a pay slip, if you're paid weekly, it'll be for that particular week. Um, and if you're paid monthly, it'll be for, let's say, the four weeks or so um, that passed. But you are... Essentially, when the government looks at what you're paying, um, when HMRC, which is the government agency that oversees all this stuff, when they look at what it is that you are receiving income-wise, they will break it down across this tax year. And your obligations to pay tax is an annual obligation on income tax. But the real funny part that I only just figured out Mm. is national insurance is not the same as your income tax. It's not. It's really not. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so national insurance is a whole different type of tax and it's not applied annually like income tax. It's just applied to whatever it is that you're earning. Mm. So one thing I thought we should touch on is when you see an advertised salary, there's a difference between uh, the advertised pay and your actual take-home pay and I was wondering if you've had any experience of that and sort of the shock. <laughs> <laughs> I think, because um, I was telling um, I was telling Blessing actually earlier that the first employer I worked at had not considered tax. It was, <laughs> oh my God. I don't understand how you can take people on and not consider tax at all. So my pay, I was getting, I was like, this feels a lot more than what I should be it's getting. Like, it was he- it, fe- like- it felt a bit heavy, but mm. it was more like... Mm. I feel guilty with yeah, this. Do you go quite mean? right. Yeah, it's not like it's too good to be true. It's, it's too good to be true, especially with money, especially in the workplace. It's not real. Mm. So, um, yeah, so I kind of had... What ended up happening is at the end of the tax year, HMRC came for me. Ooh. And I was just like, hmm, <laughs> this is not my fault. But they understood. Like, when you have conversations with them, it works. But with my new job, I expected money. I expected a certain amount. And then it came. I was like... There's a difference here. There was a distinct difference. <laughs> and I was just like, wait, what is this? What is this tax that I'm getting? National insurance tax that was coming out, income tax that was coming out, and then even pension, small, small pension. Pensions, yeah, the auto enrollment pensions, that's a whole Dude, thing. In and of pension, itself. student finance, all this stuff, and you're just like, hmm. Who came up with it? I didn't tell you to take this out of my account. Yes. Let's have a let's have a conversation before this happens, just so I can mentally prepare. Mm-hmm. And, and um, yeah. yeah, no, I was thinking about that because 
I mean, around the time of the last general election, there was a lot of discussion on Twitter about um, people saying, oh, you're voting out of your tax bracket. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was quite funny because there's basically different rates of income tax. So if you are earning, I can't remember the cap, but there's a certain amount that if you're earning less than that, you get £12,500 free, yeah. tax free, income tax free. That is not national insurance free, mm-hmm. but it's income tax free. So... The a really helpful tool that people can use that I definitely use is called Salary Tax Calculator, um, and just Google that, and you basically put in your income. You can put it hourly, weekly, monthly, um, or what your annual advertised salary is. And another thing to remember is your student loan, because that uni wasn't free. I can't lie, <laughs> student finance has been sending letters, <laughs> and I don't know why they know my address. You know, <laughs> we told the world. Yeah. I logged in so when I was when I when I got this new place mm. and I wanted you know I just wanted to know what's going on in my life like what do I have to pay you know what's the bill mm. and I actually looked at how much I owe student finance and I was like hey what the thousands are alive I think it was like nearly 50k that's literally the same as me nearly 50k and I was like so I owe that like that's on me I was like <laughs> I thought this was a I thought we were doing banter like yeah. what's going on yeah you know, maybe I would have studied the extra harder. I'm joking, but yeah, it's it all costs money. So you know, if you're still at university, that time it's still money. So make sure when make you're not sure. going to the library, just you know, time is money, okay? Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's the whole thing with pay slips. So um, make sure that when you are looking at your pay slip, that you actually understand what your take home is, and then budget accordingly. And if you're not getting paid or if you're also getting paid through self-employed work um, or like free, you know, freelancing, other stuff like that, you also have a tax obligation. So don't just get the money and run. Um, uh, Adesi, we were talking about Patricia Bright and her lessons when yeah. she got hit with a 10K tax bill because she was just taking in the YouTuber money. It was all going well. And then HMRC said, nope, pay us. So That's it. it doesn't matter how you're making the money. You will have to pay tax on it. Don't try and hide it um, because there are penalties. And we'll talk about that later in the podcast. But yeah, just to you know let people know about that. Um, so the other thing that people may, may not be aware of is council tax. Um, so when you're a student at uni, you don't have to pay this. Mm. As soon as you're out, they're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't relate. I still live at home. Lucky so you. Tell me. Tell well, me about I this burden. Those of, I remember I came when I got this flat and then I saw the council tax bill. It's another £124 a month. Just gone. <laughs> just to live in my house. <laughs> I actually just gasped. I did not know it was that much. I thought you were going to say £124 in total. I was like, oh, nope. it's okay. No, that's per month, per month. So every month, that's 124 has got to get paid. And that's even, you get a, a 25% single occupancy discount if you're by yourself. So is that with the discount? So that's with discount. Okay. So, and that's got to be paid. So it varies by where you're living, you know, area to area, there's different amounts. But just to let the people know that don't sleep on your council tax. Don't. Because... And as well, when you're budgeting, so with your salary, to figure out what can I afford, um, put that council tax in there. Because it's there. <laughs> and take that into account when you're deciding where to live and um, whatever. Um, 
so the next thing I think we should talk about is employment. Mm. Because I think you and I have both had two jobs since graduating. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So I think we've had like, you know, we've had the experiences. So um, I feel like, and I wonder whether you can also speak on this, is like, did you feel sort of like a sense that you should just be grateful that you got employed in the first place? I think it was a combination of things because it's like one no for me I got my first job before I graduated so oh, I was I was I went straight into the work to the working world but for me because I'm a creative quote unquote the creative industry is notorious for just not paying people yeah, or doing well unpaid internships for the experience you should be grateful that you're just here mm. so like you don't necessarily know your worth you don't necessarily know how much you're meant to take or how much people are meant to pay you. So when you get your first paycheck, it's actually like, this isn't just my travel expenses. Mm -hmm. You're so grateful. You're like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So I'm worth money. (laughs) Mm. My time, my work actually means something. Mm. And um, I think my first job was definitely something that I was just happy to have money flowing into my account and for overdraft not to be my reality, if that makes sense. Because at UD, <laughs> yeah. at, at UD, I, there's a few hiccups. I can't like a couple yeah. of hiccups that I entered overdraft and I thought I wasn't going to come out, but mm. we thank God. But you out. made it out alive. <laughs> we thank God we made it out. But um, getting my second job, I was just grateful. I was extremely grateful to just be in a situation because when you're unemployed, it's a cold world. It's very cold. Mm. It's actually interesting you say that because the 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 experiences people have trying to get employed mm-hmm. are so bad and it's so tough, tough that I can see why, you know, getting the job would be like a... But the point of the discussion is to say that you still have rights and no one can treat you anyhow. But they make you feel like you don't. Yes. Mm. And, and that's something that... I definitely have noticed is that there can be you can be made to feel especially as a young person working that you're just dispensable that you know you don't really matter that there's not really a lot that you can do you're powerless as an individual but that's why law is a wonderful thing because it's there for you Mm -hmm. and to protect your rights and um, that you know there's a lot of bad experiences that you can have in the workplace but you don't need to let a job kill you. And if you do suffer, you, you don't, you know? You need to repeat that, mate. <laughs> I'll say again, you don't need to let a job kill you. Listen. Because I've been there where you're sort of like, but if I don't do this, how am I going to pay my rent? And how am I going to do anything? But you can you can remove yourself and flourish. And um, there are also, you know, you also can't just be dismissed, mm. you know? So, uh, but one thing I would want to caveat is, to understand the type of employment contract you're working under and to read those terms very carefully. Because if you are a contract worker, you aren't, and especially what will happen often is whoever is uh, giving you the work can also absolve all liability. And there are actually um, regulations and laws that apply to people who, for example, are working under contract. But your... um, quote unquote employers can actually absolve all application of those regulations to you so be very careful to read what it is that you're going to be working under and understand what is your legal relationship Mm. and also what do you have um legally um on your side i was just wondering did you read your contracts when you 
when you got got your jobs or did, um, were you given one? No, I was. I was. <laughs> they did because <laughs> sometimes people aren't given them. No, yeah, I was literally talking to my friend about it today, and she said she wasn't given one for somewhere she's working. I was just like, that's sticky, mm, it's techy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I read my first contract, but me, I was just so excited. My mom works in HR, so uh... she she from the get go could spot that this was not a good idea. But I was like, <laughs> mom, you don't know. This is the future. You yeah. need to believe in me and. She was proven right and I was proven wrong. It happens every time, doesn't it, with mothers? She wouldn't let go. They will never rest. They will never rest. So, um, yeah, she was proven right and I was proven wrong. And the second contract that I was um, awarded, I read that so, so thoroughly. And it was just, it was just scary to know how much the company owns from you, especially like in regards to um, if you're a creative, like my job, like if I come up with ideas, because I'm working for them, they own every idea I say. Mm-hmm. Anything anything that is like, it could be a hit, I will not get the money from that. You mm-hmm. will get the money from that. And it's just sad. It's just like, wow. But it's like, I want a job. <laughs> I want to be employed. <laughs> Let me sign this. So, yeah. yeah. But that's, it's so, I'm so glad that you pointed that out because understanding that that maybe seven to eight hours you spend in that workplace whatever intellectual work that you come up with ideas you come up with may not be yours um especially if you're using their resources yes so i would say for anybody in any industry understand you know sometimes you know it's okay to keep it keep, just keep it inside keep it inside you know yeah. and make sure you protect your your rights and the integrity of your ideas as well mm. um and um so Tied in, I think, with council tax is another type of um, sort of money obligation, and that is from credit cards and mm. overdrafts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think credit is quite well understood, um, but I think the important thing, and I'm glad that you mentioned that you got yourself out of your overdraft, oh, is to <laughs> just try not try to not owe money because the credit scores. And your credit score is your indicator of how much a responsible borrower you are. And uh, some of us, some of us, we're not paying attention to such things at uni. So you end up, it takes a long time to repair it. And it can be a very long process. Um, But having that financial discipline to make sure your credit score is good, it can do you a whole world of good later down the line. All right, so I thought it would be a good idea to talk about what goes wrong, the legal ramifications of, you know, not adulting effectively and Mm. when things might get a bit out of control um, and things to be aware of. Um, Because as much as the law is on your side in certain situations, uh, like I said at the beginning, you know, ignorance isn't a defence, right? So (laughs) there are things to be aware of. So the first thing is if you can't afford a debt you owe, Um, there's something called a CCJ, which is a county court judgment. Um, And these are kind of scary because what this is, is um, a judgment you get from a county court or a high court if someone takes court action against you saying that you owe them money and you fail to respond. So Money Advice Service, and this is a really helpful organisation which provides free and impartial advice on money matters. Um, They basically suggests that if you do receive a CCJ, speak to a free debt advisory service um, immediately. Um, But you're not going to get a CCJ out of the blue. So it is something that you will have to be given multiple notices 
um, by the creditor. That's the legal term for whoever it is gave you the money. Um, and they need to give you a warning letter, a default notice telling you that you need to repay what you owe, otherwise legal action will start. And um, you will know that you've got a county court judgment when you get your notice. So please, if you get a letter, respond to it. Uh-huh. Get something sorted out. You can have repayment plans for debts. There are options for you. But putting your head in the sand and ignoring it can really, really impact you. And the consequences of having a CCJ uh, can be huge. You can not get jobs. Um, you can also say you have been working for a professional qualification. You may not be able to work in a regulated industry. Um, so please, if you can't afford to repay something, you can get options. There are options for you. Um it doesn't matter how big the debt is or how small it is, a CCJ is a bad thing. I was wondering, before we start talking about CCJs today, were you aware of them? No, I wasn't. I had no idea that they exist. To be honest, I knew that you could go to court for not paying debt. I mm. didn't know it was called the CCJ. And um, I was actually listening to a podcast on the way here that was talking about how um, in America they're introducing systems where poor credit affects you um getting a job and stuff like that yeah um i never expected that so that's really just... interesting because i was looking um at a lot of jobs they actually do credit checks on you mate that's what they won't tell you yeah it's so there. these things can really impact you in a big way which brings me on to the next thing which is what to do if you suddenly lose your job or if you have a big problem in your job mm-hmm. um I know you might think that I can't afford a lawyer, there's nothing I can do, but there is actually a free service out there called ACAS. um, And you can find it just acas.org.uk and they give employees and employers free and impartial advice on workplace rights, rules and best practice. Mm. Um, And you can have an option of if if the case is eligible, there is an employment tribunal that is solely dedicated to employment disputes. So... It costs you nothing to go to ACAS. Um, and if I'm not wrong, it costs you nothing to bring an employment tribunal claim. Ooh. There was a big case, and I know all the lawyers are going to fight me for not knowing this off the top of my head, but there was a big case actually where they did try and introduce fees um, to bring, but obviously that really marginalises people yeah. and prevents them from accessing justice. So that was a big, big thing. But... Um, out of curiosity, are you made aware of ACAS when you... They don't tell you anything. To be honest, I think what happened to me is that because the first place I worked at ended up getting so technical, mm. um, I was now introduced to this through my mum or through aunties who were like senior women in banks and stuff saying, you have rights. You need to know that these are services that could help you. And luckily I didn't end up having to use them because it was settled. But it's the fact that if you're a junior person mm. entering a workplace, you're intimidated to the point that you feel like you have no power. You just have to accept what they're Whatever saying. Whatever happens. And you it's have to scary. It. Definitely. I, so, I didn't know. Yeah. So, you know, don't suffer in silence and don't feel like 
there's no options for you because there are mm. and there's things that you can do um okay so i thought this is quite a funny thing but it's really serious but fair evasion <laughs> so one of the biggest things i noticed when i came to london is the cost of just getting to my job dude that's another 35 pounds a week just to get to my get to my job if i told you the price of my train ticket oh my gosh. each day you'd scream oh my god should i tell you Tell me how much. Twenty-two pounds thirty is what I pay every single day. This week, oh my god, this week. Oh, this London. <laughs> I need to. To be honest, it, it evens out to the cost of like having a room to rent. Okay, fair London. enough. Fair it's enough. just a bit mad. The fact that I pay that, and I hear Londoners say, "Oh my gosh, I pay thirty pounds a week." I'm like That's guys, I pay thirty pounds a day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but listen, fare evasion, not paying your fare isn't a joke. Mm. And actually, you can be facing legal action for this. So the CPS, the Crown Prosecution Service, they bring prosecutions in England and Wales. Mm. Um, and the Regulation of Railways Act 1889, Section 53A, um, sets that if you travel or attempt to travel on a railway without having paid the fare with an intent to avoid payment can either be, ready, three months in prison. That's it. Or a level three fine, which can be up to £1,000. Ew. So, <laughs> it's it not funny. It's, it sounds toxic. Just so pay the £7. That pounds. extra 35 a week or 22 a day, please. You could lose everything. Honestly. You could lose a lot. And um, also, being in a carriage that's not the right carriage, so sitting in a first-class carriage... Even if the train is empty. I've questioned it though. There's been a couple times <laughs> where first class is looking so cosy. And you're stuck like a sardine. Honestly. <laughs> and I'm just like, mate, it wouldn't hurt. Right? Um, but yeah, and it's important because you can actually scupper your professional career. So if you are a lawyer, so true. <laughs> you can find yourself with a criminal record. You now can't practice law. So it's all because you didn't pay for Easter. All because you didn't pay <laughs> for your Easter. So listen, if it's so bad, cycle or just walk. It's just you know they have scooters now, it. electric scooters, scooters. Yeah. car share. I don't know, but don't <laughs> skip your fare and don't try and use a child oyster because if I have to see another Twitter fraud account promising that they can get me a sixteen plus. <laughs> It's true. I get you. I get you. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I thought that was just something we'd throw in there because I know no one wants to pay for their travel, but... No. Yeah, travel is the biggest con. I can't lie. That's the that's the biggest con of adulting. <laughs> Paying to get around. You know? Um, yeah. So the, the, another thing that ha- can happen if you don't pay your tax or you fail to declare your earnings, um, that can also carry penalties. So HMRC has a free income tax helpline. If you are remotely confused about your tax obligations, you want to just double check everything is being paid properly, then you can just call them up and you can also uh, create a personal tax account. HMRC will send you a notification anytime some information they've got on you has changed. Mm. Um, So keep up to date with that. I mean, I've had um, situations where maybe I did like a summer job or something and um, I didn't realise that they hadn't given me a P45, which mm. is what you get at the end of an employment. So HMRC wasn't... Uh, so my tax codes were wrong and I was paying too much tax. Um, you can get it back, don't panic. But the, I, the point is to stay on top of it. 
and you know you can speak to them but the penalties can be quite big um so you can um have a significant fine if you don't pay what you owe hmrc and it can be um it starts to be like five percent of what you originally owed them and it can increase um so don't be don't be where patricia bright was uh and end up finding that you now owe things that you can't pay because techie it's a sticky situation. don't owe money to the queen man she'll come for you she'll come and she won't care um <laughs> she's got her, she's not paying council tax she's not paying that. council tax that's, That's not her so problem. True. She's got no CCJ. Now, Harry and Meghan might get CCJs now so, so. because they're going to pay their council tax. So I feel like they, it won't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what was I doing? Random tangent. When I was at bar school, I learned something that I don't think... Oh, no, it's to compel evidence. If you're a relative of the Queen, you can't be compelled to give evidence, I think. Wow. In court. So, yeah, that's some fun things I get. Mm. Um, and the last thing I wanted to talk about is the penalties for fraud. In this whole adulting thing, I know Odessi and I probably made you feel like it's just not worth it. You're just going to hide your money under your bed. Run! <laughs> You're just going to skip over the turnstile at the station. But the penalty for any kind of fraud is a maximum of 10 years. So that's, you could really lose a large portion of your life. Is it worth it? Is it? Is, is it? Is like, it worth is it? it? And I will just note that there's different types of fraud. So there's <laughs> fraud by false representation, fraud by failing to disclose information, and fraud by abuse of position. And false representation can cover everything. It can cover lying about who you are and what you do online and leading people to lose money or anything like that, mm. incorrectly taking money under a premise that's not true, um, applying for a job, say, and saying that you don't have, um, don't, not declaring things that you should declare. Like so, what? Um, that you're not you. So, for example, someone else gets a job, and then you just say it to you. That's it then. People do that? Yes. Wow. <laughs> so someone gets a job, and then, you know. So someone fakes being you for the interview? Yeah. And then, when they were... Because, you know, maybe the passport picture just looks like... Literally, you. I was literally thinking, I was thinking that people think a lot of black people look similar. You know? So you could just do a switcheroo. You know? I understand. Uh, giving someone your papers. That's another thing. Techie. So, you know, please. It's okay. <laughs> Ten years. <laughs> Ten years, people. That's I'm a decade. Fraud is something I'll never do. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So that kind of brings us to a wrap, I think, on this episode i just want to say it's been an absolute pleasure to have you thank you for having me it's and fun. i really i really like having you are my first non-lawyer guest and the first guest in my house like i said so i feel like this is a big moment for the podcast um and um yeah i wanted to say to everyone listening using the hashtag legal tea um if you have been adulting and you have also been you know you have a side hustle did you tax it hmm. so using the hashtag legal tea if you've got a side hustle did you tax it did, did i tax it that's the question <laughs> uh, well let's see and make sure i will read out your tweets in the next episode so make sure you use the hashtag legal tea tune in for the next episode and yeah peace out guys bye